Hello and welcome to Obsession, where we get horribly obsessed, highly obsessed, <laughs> hilariously obsessed with things that other people might find odd. Nothing is too obscure, too creepy or too weird for us to research obsessively. I'm Heidi. And I'm Rebecca. Join us in being obsessed. <laughs> Hello, obsessives. Hello, Heidi. Hello, obsessives. Hello, Becky. How are you? It's been a while. It's been quite a long time. Yeah. So, guys, guys, we apologise. Yeah. We've left you. We yep. left you for a bit. Sorry. Yeah, it was my fault, really. Mm. <laughs> because, as you know, I live in Melbourne. We went through a really hard lockdown. It was quite scary for a while. And I just lost all concentration <laughs> and motivation. And, yeah, so I, I, just had, I just had to let everything go for a while. How many days were you on lockdown? Oh, I don't know how many days. Was that like 123 or something? I'm not sure, but I think um, in Victoria um, for this whole year, it was, I think, a total of eight months of oh some kind God. of lockdown. <laughs> so Heidi's in Melbourne and I'm in Adelaide and we also had a hard lockdown that lasted for what 24 hours <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, that was a bit of drama oh, that was a bizarre <laughs> yeah that was a bizarre so on the Wednesday afternoon we got told basically get home don't go out you can't even go out for exercise nothing just get home and so of course you know I ran for home and I'm all right I'm a prepper so I've got all I need and um I was sort of woke up the next morning quite depressing and oh, I can't go for a walk. And then suddenly they went, oh, and guess what? We're out of lockdown now. Someone lied. So I went out for a walk and I thought, well, that was the easiest lockdown ever. And I, I sort of didn't, oh. discuss, I didn't discuss it with you at all, Heidi, because I was expecting you to say something really mean and I wouldn't have blamed you. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, to be honest, I was really happy for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, look, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. No, and it was, I was actually pretty relieved for you. Yeah. I mean, I was entertained, <laughs> but also relieved. I think, I think every, this year has been the year of sort of um, Melbourneers getting more and more slowly despondent and cynical yeah. and, and desperate and Adelaideans looking just really confused all the time. Like, are we in lockdown? No, we're not in lockdown. Okay, we're in lockdown. No, we're not. <laughs> Hang on, have we got a plague? No, we don't. Okay. <laughs> It's been a weird year. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, it's the weirdest year in the history of my life. Well, I... mine too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope it remains the weirdest year in our lives. Yes. Because yes. I, I'm listening to all these people and they're all going, oh, it's only another two, three weeks until it's a new year and this is all be over. And I'm thinking, really? Will it? Do you, do you think Will it's it? Gonna... It's like. You think it's a calendar year thing, right? Okay. <laughs> I know. It's like a year, you know, the year is this imaginary 
border that we've set exactly it's not like everything just stops (laughs) on the stroke of midnight it's it's really interesting but this is how we self-soothe with frightening things yes yes Mm. that's right Frightening mm. things like like Robo Dog. <laughs> Did you ever get to see a Robo Dog? I never got to see Robo Dog, and as far as I know, Robo Dog has not made it to these shores. Luckily. Well, that's good. That's good. Have you seen the monoliths? <laughs> oh, that's been a they... bit of fun for the end of the year. Yes. So, are they those metal rectangle like telephone boxes that look like oh. corrugated iron or something, and they're just like appearing everywhere, and and everyone's going, "Oh, they aliens leaving them there." <laughs> I mean, if you, I mean, if you actually zoom in on the photos, you can see the screws and the bolts, and mm-hmm. it just looks like somebody's like gone to Bunnings and, and like <laughs> maybe it was Scott Morrison. But like aliens did not do this. It would have looked a lot neater if aliens had done this. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, no, no, definitely. So um look, I think it's an international art project. Or yeah. or a lot of people on Twitter are speculating that it's just some kind of viral marketing campaign. Yeah, maybe. It's going to, look, I think it's going to be guerrilla art for sure, which is kind of disappointing because the message from aliens might have been a little bit useful right now. Do you know, do you remember that episode of The Simpsons where they dig up an angel skeleton? Yes. Oh, and then yes. they and then uh you know Lisa goes through this whole existential crisis and then it it ends up being a marketing campaign for some mega mall. It's like, that's going to happen. Yeah, that sounds a little bit like a segue there, Heidi. Could it be? Could be, could be. Are we talking about angels maybe tonight? That's such a lovely topic, Becky. What a nice Christmassy topic. <laughs> Except it's us, so you all know it's not going to be lovely now, is it? No. Angels are <laughs> horrifying. Yep. They are. Yep. Yeah. So, Becky, when you or, say, most people yeah. hear the word angelic, what do you think pops up in most people's minds? Okay. Well, I think it's fairly generic it's usually the adjective word used to describe someone kind or selfless or really innocent like a child so this year doctors and nurses have been referred to as angels a lot Mm -hmm. heroic people who save lives or make sacrifices or it can indicate an action like if someone pays your groceries for you Basically, it describes a true moment or being of perfect kindness with a little bit of a touch of the miraculous. Okay, so miraculous. All right. So in a supernatural context, Mm -hmm. what would most people envision? (laughs) Oh, pretty white floaty things with halos for sure, for sure. Okay, what about cherubs or cherubim? Uh, Cute chubby babies with wings. Now, I find that terrifying. Babies with wings. <laughs> Just think about it. Think about that for a second. 
babies with wings. They can puke on you from on high. <laughs> babies, they can puke on high. Actually, puke would be the best scenario, you know, because uh, we don't have actually see them wearing nappies in the classic art. Yuck. Yeah, I, I didn't actually want to think about that. Yeah. I, I, I like them even less now. But, but... They're not as terrifying as the biblical description Mm. of cherubim. Now, Becky, (laughs) hell has truly frozen over. Uh Do you know why? Uh (laughs) I'm going to do a Bible reading. Yay! (laughs) Your Catholic childhood was not wasted. And in doing so, we are pretty much going to ruins everyone's perceptions of angels just before Christmas. And that just brings me a lot of joy because I'm not <laughs> a very nice person. Finally, you have the Christmas spirit. Pie. I have the Christmas spirit now. So you never thought this day would come. Nobody no. thought this day would come. But I am going to read from Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. And um, in Ezekiel, there are some really, really hardcore descriptions of angels uh-huh so this this is ezekiel's description of four cherubim and i'll do my best minister voice okay okay as i looked behold a storm wind was coming from the north a great cloud with fire flashing forth continually and a bright light around it and in its midst something like glowing metal in the midst of the fire. Within it, there were figures resembling four living beings. And this was their appearance. Mm. They had human form. Each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight and their feet were like a calf's hoof and they gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their four sides, were human hands. As for the faces and wings of the four of them, their wings touched one another. Their faces did not turn when they moved. Each went straight forward. As for the form of their faces, each had the face of a man, All four had the face of a lion on the right and the face of a bull on the left and all four had the face of an eagle. Such were their faces. Their wings were spread out above. Each had two touching another being and two covering their bodies and each went straight forward. Wherever the spirit was about to go, they would go without turning as they went. I don't know about you personally, but I I still prefer four-faced animal-human hybrids to chubby babies. No. I, do I have problems? <laughs> yes, you do. And you, and you would. Oh, yeah. my God. So somehow, somehow society in a couple of millennium went from Sherbin being those utterly terrifying monsters to sweet little babies fluttering around. It does get worse. (laughs) Um, Would you like to continue with the reading? Sure. Okay. So, 
As I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel of the earth beside the living creatures, one for each of the four of them. And for the appearance of the wheels and their construction, their appearance was like the gleaming of beryl. And the four had the same form, their construction being something like a wheel within a wheel. When they moved, they moved in any of the four directions without veering as they moved. Their rims were tall and awesome, for the rims of all four were full of eyes all around. So we basically have wheels, as in chariot wheels, <laughs> yep. with, with hundreds of eyes rolling around the cosmos. Yes. So yeah, angels we have heard on high, more like angels <laughs> we've seen while high. Am I right? <laughs> Ezekiel was hitting the crack pipe pretty hard there, I think. Uh, possibly. <laughs> So that was a description of what were eventually known as thrones or simply wheels. And theologians have debated for centuries over whether they are angels or part of the cherubim or the wheels of God's chariots. Hey, God, your Uber has arrived. (laughs) And that isn't the only thing theologians have been debating. Something that the old school um, theologians like doing was putting angels into hierarchies. And some people spent their whole lives deciding how many angelic tears there were in the heavens. It's a hobby. Yeah. Look, take that, people who said my creative arts degree was useless. Scott Morrison. Yes. I do know from my honours thesis on guardian figures in literature that there are nine And I also know that the top tier are seraphim. Ah, so that's right. Seraphim and pretty much all of the angelic figures in the hierarchies or choirs originated in ancient Judaism and feature in Judaism, Islam and Christianity. In medieval Christian theology, seraphim are the caretakers of God's throne and they have six wings and are associated with fire. Do you know what? I'm really stuck on these wheels. They fascinate. Well, they've got you know, thousands that... of eyes rolling around like ball bearings. They are kind of freaky. Yeah, like that that imagery. It's a fine line between funny and nightmare fuel. And I kind of can't decide which. Nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah. Look, you'll be pleased to know that they are part of alien theories. And they've been offered as proof of UFOs in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So known as the ancient astronaut theory, the idea is that supernatural messengers like angels were aliens with advanced technology. In the 1960, in 1968, author Eric von Daniken wrote the best-selling book, Chariots of the Gods, <laughs> in which he presented possible links between ancient humans and extraterrestrial life forms. And this was huge. This was, it was huge. huge. Yeah. So he draws on Ezekiel's description of the wheels and puts forward the theory that they were spacecrafts and that the extremely advanced technology would have looked like magic or godly powers to the people of the Old Testament. You know, I actually find it really amusing that one supernatural theory took from another supernatural theory to support yet another supernatural theory. 
It it is. It's really funny, isn't it? Yes. And another another one of his theories. Yeah. That I've always found a bit perplexing was um, I think he was the one who was writing about the pyramids and saying all oh, the aliens must have built the built pyramids them. because. Which, you know, the ancient Egyptians built the pyramids. They were brilliant engineers. Yes, it's so condescending. Oh, isn't it? And it's it's like, you know, maybe, just maybe, our ancient ancestors were smarter than we are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe we've devolved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a hard argument to make. Hope. No, it's not. Because, <laughs> you know, they didn't have Fox News. Or... They didn't. They didn't. Or Sky News. So, you know, <laughs> they were probably really smart. So anyway, angels in ancient religious texts are not by modern definition anyway, angelic. They're violent. They hang out in the void between heaven and earth and they war with each other. Also, they can cause mass destruction. The archangel Michael has a sword and he was not afraid to use it. And don't forget that Satan was the most beautiful angel. And Satan also has all the best lines in John Milton's Paradise Lost. <laughs> Personally, I found him hilarious. Yeah, that's not surprising anyway. Is it really Heidi? Yeah, no, it's not surprising. <laughs> right, and then we have the Nephilim. Now, I'm really angry because of this. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, okay, I had 12 years of Catholic school, as you know. I do. And I knew nothing about the Nephilim, okay? Now, I would have woken up for that bit. I would have made an effort you to reckon? stay awake. I would have made an effort to stay awake. It in, might have in... given you more sleep paralysis dreams, Heidi. Oh, it could have. It could have. But, you know, I would have found it interesting. <laughs> so I was always told that the flood and the whole Noah's Ark situation was because humans had become so evil but it wasn't really about humans it was about the giant offspring of random angels and human women yeah so they were so according to genesis 6 when humans began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them and the sons of god saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they took wives for themselves whoever they choose so basically, the sons of gods mm. are are interpreted as being angels, yeah. and so they were perving <laughs> on on human women, yeah, and they were hooking up with human women, uh-huh. and they were creating giant, yeah. half human, half angel hybrid people, and they just kind of went berserk. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Huh. So they were the Nephilim. But there is, of course, a lot of debate over the translation of that word and whether they were the supernatural giant children of fallen angels or if they were just fallen men. Yeah, I think they were supernatural giants uh, because that's just more interesting. Of course. And what strikes me about that story is how close it is to the ancient fairy mythology of Ireland. Yeah. It really is. So the fairies started as this very tall, very advanced race called the Tuatha de Danann. Oh, impressive. Some people say they were gods. 
some say fallen angels, sometimes they're just kings and queens, but they've gone through the same evolution or devolution of being a tribe of giants to being small and sweet and benign. Yeah, we've touched on this a few times now, Heidi. Yeah. 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 So these changes happen so gradually through art and literature. Um, as the needs of humans change through history, so do the understandings of them. Yeah, and um, Margaret Atwood, who wrote The Handmaid's Tale, among other things, um, wrote something interesting that reminds me of that. So in her article for The Guardian titled Aliens Have Taken the Place of Angels, Atwood writes about the human need for science fiction. She writes... The theological resonances in films such as Star Wars are more than obvious. Extraterrestrials have taken the place of angels, demons, fairies and saints, though it must be said that this last group is now making a comeback. We want wisdom. We want hope. We want to be good. Therefore, we sometimes tell ourselves warning stories that deal with the darker side of some of our other wants. Mm. And I think it makes sense that as human needs change, our supernatural needs change as well. Oh, absolutely. So throughout history, we see an evolution of religion, superstition as well as phobias running parallel to whatever society is experiencing at any given time. So... Mm. Ezekiel's prophecy of scary as hell angels is sort of a useful way for historians to explore the abject horror of the time. And it was really quite a horrific time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we can look at these infamous biblical figures and assume that they were quite crazy or on crack with their huge, scary prophecies. But they just reflected the horrific fears and the beliefs of, of, their, of their own era. So just as the rise of zombie beliefs paralleled the 1918 influenza, which we have discussed, mm-hmm. or UFOs after World War II, basically supernatural belief and religion reflect the fears of any given moment in history. So that's how I think angels evolved. There's almost a need to demystify and soothe old fears as society moves on. So, Heidi, how do you think the transition of Sheridan from being abjectly terrifying four-faced monsters to flying cute babies happened? Well, I don't think it's so much a spiritual thing. Yeah. I think it has more to do with art history, uh-huh. to be honest. Okay. So um, the Renaissance artists um, – of that time, they were actually depicting characters from ancient Greek and Roman mythology. And they gave it a Christian twist. Uh-huh. And <laughs> when I was when I was researching this, I actually I found this article on simplycatholic.com. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Say that again. <laughs> I found an article uh-huh. on simplycatholic.com. Okay, yeah, you've got it bookmarked. Okay. Uh, you yeah. accidentally found it. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I look it up every single day. Yeah. I bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> Where a father, Ray Ryland, writes, I dare say artists who picture them as fat babies will have a great shock when they meet the angels in heaven. <laughs> and the angels may have some sharp words of correction for the artists. <laughs> so take that, Donatello. Oh, dear. 
Uh, can you just imagine, you know, Donatello, um, Michelangelo, you yeah. know, <laughs> they go up to heaven and they're surrounded by the archangels and they're like, eh, Whoa. so you called us chubby babies. Why did you call us chubby babies? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was... Artistic license. We'll give you artistic license. My artistic interpretation. <laughs> Look, it makes sense that the Renaissance artists would humanise angels even further because their painting techniques have become so advanced. Um, They just wanted to depict everything in a more naturalistic style. And also the people commissioning the paintings wanted to have themselves in these scenes. So people were maybe craving a more egalitarian relationship with holy beings, never mind a less terrifying one. I mean, what benefactor wants to be painted with four faces? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and you know what? I think that's definitely true of now as well. I mean, the idea of people becoming angels after death. Yeah. That's actually relatively new to human history. That's super new. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, they were always an entirely different species yeah. from humanity. You know, and now it's like we die, we're given wings and a halo and we sit on a cloud <laughs> with a little harp. And get very bored. And, and get very bored. God, that would be boring. Um, and you look at movies like It's a Wonderful Life and TV shows like Touched by an Angel and it's all incredibly wholesome and the angels are extremely approachable and not in any way or inspiring or no. terrifying no, or helpful so you yeah. you grew up catholic catholic school you didn't learn anything about angels what did you did, did, did you learn anything about angels at all or just i can't i can't actually remember so for me i literally yeah. did i mean I, I thought angels were this traditional this um cliche touched by an angel you know little white fluffy things that float in the sky yeah and so it was, did I. it was only when i was an adult well i'm truly into adulthood when i saw dogma have you seen that movie i haven't oh heidi you've got to watch it tonight um okay i will yeah really good really good movie so i watched dogma and i went oh wait a minute have I been wrong about angels? And I did some research and I went, whoa, this is far more interesting than the floaty white things in the sky. Yeah, well, as I said before, I was at uni, I was doing my honours on The Guardian in literature and that's when I was finding out all of this stuff and it, it was really blowing my mind. And I was, reading, yeah, I was reading Dante and I was, you know, going into all the different holy books and I was... I was finding it really, really interesting. I've been trying, and to... I'd never, I'd never really found um, the idea of angels interesting before. No, no, I think we've done them a disservice. If anything, I think so too. I really do. The Ezekiel gave us some really good material, and we went and ruined it and made it all fluffy and light and blamange, didn't we? Yeah, although there are some TV shows like Supernatural and you know, Doctor Who with the weeping angels that are kind of bringing a, bringing a bit of the awe and terror. Doctor Who has into weeping it. angels? Yes, they're really scary. Hmm. Yeah, just just go on YouTube and look up weeping weeping angels. No, 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 I don't do Doctor Who. 
Why no, not? No, 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 no. Childhood trauma. Childhood trauma. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So that, that music from Doctor Who, my dad used to watch it every night and my mother used to send me outside and I used to play with my imaginary friend, Tedder, um, while he watched the show. But the music used to really freak me out. And if I heard the music, I'd have, like, full-on panic attacks. And even now to this day when I hear that dum-da-dum, 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 I get, oh, I can't stand it. So there you go. Really? Yes, I've got a Doctor Who phobia. Don't mock me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and don't I use it against you. me. I won't. I won't mock you. And I won't use it against you. I'll be I'll be quite angelic about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which angelic though? Are we talking about the Victoriana angelic? Are you talking about the uh, Ezekiel angelic? Oh, the full Victoriana angelic. Uh-huh. I, I don't promise. believe you. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh. So anyway. I wanted to end Mm. with some words from the Austrian poet Rainer Maria Rilke. Every angel is terrifying, and yet, alas, I invoke you, almost deadly birds of the soul, knowing about you. But if the archangel now, perilous from behind the stars, even took one step down towards us, our own heart beating higher and higher would beat us to death. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful and terrifying. It's, it's gorgeous, gorgeous and terrifying, which is what angels are supposed to be. To be. And Rainer got it. He got it. He got it. And now he you've got did. it. So, yeah, sorry if you get any Christmas cards with pretty little angels on it. Oh, do you know what? Aesthetically, I find that very pleasing. You know, in the same way that I find cute little fairies aesthetically pleasing. You know, I know that that's not the real deal, but, yeah, but you know, it's nice. Well, no, it's well, are angels the real deal anyway, or are they just another superstition invented by people to express the fears of a time? So, well, well, I mean the real deal in in the original version of that superstition. Yeah, I think it's okay that they evolved. I, do you know what? I think so too, because whatever it is the humans need, Correct. whatever it is that helps them through a hard time. Correct. I think, considering we've taken a six-month, was it six-month hiatus from our obsession podcast we didn't do too bad what do you guys think yeah so guys if you could hit that subscribe button yeah if you could maybe give us some lovely stars on a review we will send angels of joy and the good ones your way the good ones the good ones (laughs) yeah yeah that's right (laughs) so so on that angelic note Mm -hmm. We will leave you there and we hope you have a Merry Christmas or whatever it is that you celebrate, if you celebrate anything, and a Happy New Year. Definitely. Happy New Year. And we will see you in the new year and we will definitely be back. We promise. We promise. We promise. (laughs) 